I was not expected to see him. What is, what is Giancarlo? Is he black? He is, yes. Yeah. I was expecting to see a nigger in there. <laughs> I was expecting to see Why did you ask me if he was black just so you could do that? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? Oh, my God. <laughs> Welcome to the remnants of the Great Forge and the rebirth of Mandalore. I am Ibo Bay and you are listening to Popcorn for Dinner. Today, we celebrate the defeat of a formidable foe, one that's been a thorn in our side from the very beginning, and we begin our quest as independent contrasters in an incompetent government that can't refuse our help because we're just that good. Joining me today is Priscilla, torch in hand, so I'm going to let her land the ship. Priscilla, did we win? It took us a long time, but we won. <laughs> I think so too. How do you feel about the episode overall? I was so scared they were going to kill him off. Really? I was so you scared. Thought they had the gu- they had the guts. Like, I generally did. That's Game of Thrones. Because I just kept thinking to myself, like HBO energy in general. Actually, yeah, literally, I'm like, it's Pedro. He's well done, Disney. Well done, honestly, it's to keep him on. Like he's blown up. Like he's blown up in the last year and a half like yeah. and I'm like are they going to be able to keep him in it's a lot of time to ask him to stay he has a lot of things to do and everybody wants Pedro Pascal the story wise it would make sense if he went and then what I was happy about he saved himself yeah. I'd be so he didn't mad need rescuing yeah that he was didn't good. need rescuing I didn't I wasn't sure how that would go but I'm glad they went that way same like I was like please do not let him get rescued like what happened in Boba Fett, let him ah. be the one to rescue himself. Yeah. Let him be the one to do it. Not that I didn't love that moment because obviously it came, obviously Grogu's journey came to fruition, but I loved, and what I loved about the episode, it, that it went back to the Mando that I know and love, which is Din and Grogu's relationship and them two yeah. working together to defeat. I'm like, this is why I watch this show. Like, this is why. I just want to watch a father and son do absolute space Clint Eastwood nonsense yeah, and then go back and sit on a ranch as the sun sets on a grateful universe as Thanos said mm-hmm. like that's all I want and I was it took us eight episodes to get us there yeah that felt like an old school like Mando episodes mm-hmm. in comparison to all the not that I didn't enjoy the episode I really loved the other episodes but this I'm like, ah, oh, I'm back in familiar, I'm back on familiar ground. I know, I know what's gonna happen here. I feel comfortable. This is home to me now. Yeah. In comparison to what was going on before, I guess. That makes sense. Um, yeah, the episode I think went really, really well. I wasn't as distraught as um last time. Thank you for everyone who reached out. I'm doing okay. Um, in the end, I will say that I expected a lot of action and that's what we got i think we got a good amount of story development too um we pick up right where we left off um but speaking of which i should let everyone know that even though this is going to be our last episode covering the mandalorian for a while if you do like the sound of my voice you can hear me talking about succession and um, priscilla has also been talking about rain dogs this is just two of 
the many things that we're covering at the moment. The guys are also talking about Ted Lasso. And as of this week, we are now covering the final season of Barry, which promises to be quite amazing. We have a lot of other stuff coming down the pipeline too, so definitely stay tuned. We have quite a lot to give you. Um, But in the way of this episode, um, I think it's worth pointing out that it was directed by our good friend Rick Famuyiwa yet again. He did a fantastic job. I thought the um, the direction of everything was good, but even going down granularly, the art direction was good. The blocking was amazing. Visual effects on point. I mean, over. I think Star Wars has always been really like dialed in to practical effects, visual effects, special effects, things like that. They've won a lot of awards for this. And back when the series started in the 70s, I mean, George Lucas and his team were quite renowned for coming up with new processes for things that people didn't even know how to do yet. They had to literally invent the technology to make certain things that people saw on screen. And I think they're still kind of leading um, that charge with The Mandalorian because now we're at a point where they make things look practical on purpose. So it still feels like OG Star Wars. But some of those things that we see as practical aren't always completely practical. You know, Star Wars has a good way of making certain things feel very tangible. And I think that really contributes to the way the series feels, even if it's right down to those little wipes and fade transitions that they do um, between scenes. I think that that worked out very well. I think that Ludwig Göransson did an amazing job here again. Um, there were a lot of nice um, leitmotifs and musical calls throughout this episode, and some have been built from ideas that were introduced earlier in the season. So it's nice to see that kind of you know auditory storytelling going on. It really reminds me of the work that Nicholas Britell does on um, on Succession, and even Succession. what um, the OG. Ramin Javadi does on Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon. Oh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, those those guys are essentially the kings of of the light motif, and we love to see it. But yeah, like I said, we pick up right where we left off. Um, my first thought was that these Tie Fighters are like flies. I don't know where they build these tiny planes from, but they're so destructive. Still, Grogu following Din and his captors without being seen. Very, very impressive. I didn't know he had it in him. I don't know if that's something that he developed so for us. That, that was that was very good. So, so yeah, ha- I'm guessing you've had a lot of feels for that, seeing Grogu essentially start to enact violence on another living thing because we have to acknowledge that that is something that happened. How are you feeling? I was, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I, was, I was literally looking at her. I was like, it's like I, I never thought we would get here. Like when, he, when, he, when he did that, I thought... I was like, that's exactly, that's right, that's right, son. You, uh-huh. you kill that thing. You go, you get Expelliarmus. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> Expelliarmus, oh my God. <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy. I sat, there, I sat there and I'm like, I've never been so happy for someone to kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> and when he did it, I'm like, oh. Yeah, but that's something it, I noticed. fell from my eye. At the end of the episode, um, I looked at the, the rating on top because I, I paused for, for one reason or another um, to make it like, I guess, a note of something in my head. And I noticed that it said TV 14, extreme violence. And in all honesty, I, I feel like this was actually quite a violent episode. Nothing, we're not already desensitized to <laughs> thanks to everything else, literally everything else we watch. But I'd say for a Star Wars show Star on Wars. Disney Plus, it, there was a lot of fighting. There was a lot of like hand-to-hand combat. Um, lots of people getting shot in the face, uh, a few stabbings as well. 
people falling down cliffs. Like, yeah, there was a lot going on. This episode was, was a very, fight from start to finish. Yeah, it was very Revenge of the Sith. You know, the, the second half of Revenge of the Sith, it was yeah. very much that, like, constant battles between... It felt, in a good way, that yeah. you were in a never... Actually, it's quite similar to Revenge of the Sith in the sense that you were constantly in between battles. So mm-hmm. remember Revenge of the Sith, you were with Yoda versus the old squinkly man. Then you're, you've got Obi-Wan and you've got, um, what's his face? Anakin. Yeah. And then you've got Anakin and then you've got Obi-Wan against Grievous. And I mean, you were jumping in between fights. Whereas with this, it felt exactly the same. I think Rick and with the work of John's writing, et cetera, was able to sort of like, it's very easy when you're in between fights like that to sort of lose pacing uh-huh. and to sort of lose track of where you're at. Whereas I knew when we kept jumping to scene to scene, I didn't feel like I was like, oh, like, why am I here? Like, I, I kind yeah, of... Yeah, it wasn't jarring like, as well. Okay, Very good job on the Yeah, it wasn't thing. jarring. Like, when it went from Bo-Katan to, like, Grogu to, obviously, back to Moff Gideon and everyone, like, it, it didn't feel like you were, like, out of it too much. Like, I knew where I was. In comparison to, I'd say, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, where the last episode, they nailed it, to be honest. The, no, the, the penultimate episode and the last episode they nailed it, but the episodes before it, it felt a bit jarring. Right. Going from like seeing Hayden being looked like a burnt Dorito in the tank <laughs> to he's a good he's a good looking man, but um, but they burnt him. him. Yeah, they burnt him like one chip, and then you've got then you're going to Obi Wan and you're going to Reva and you you felt a bit jarred. Except yeah. in the last two episodes, whereas this was a bit seamless. Like, okay, I know why I'm going from here to here to here to here, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of which, uh, speaking of, you know, the Revenge of the Sith and um, Anakin, Gideon was looking a lot like Vader and sounding like him too when he put his helmet mm-hmm. on. Um, I think that, you know, when he said he'd take care of Din and Grogu himself, like he just said that in one line, like you know, I'll take care of them myself, and then he put on the hel- he puts on the helmet and walks away. That's a very Darth Vader move. Um, I think that was probably a visual callback, especially down to the fact that um, you know, another visual callback in there is the 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 horns on the helmet, which kind of makes me yeah. wonder if he's a mall loyalist, which is something that the armorer has. That's what I ma- was thinking. Yeah, the armorer has been uh, accused of being as well, but we'll get to her in a second. Um, I do think that it's interesting that he has trackers on, you know, Din and Grogu specifically. Like he's looking at his map and he can see them moving. It's like, why do you have, <laughs> why do you have trackers on them? Like, what is what is wrong with you? Like, what is actually your beef? <laughs> That's so weird. Like all That's these people. Like, what building. did they do to you? Like, and when did he put the trackers there? Like, how? Exactly. And he's not even wielding the dark saber anymore. Like, what? What did he do? Like, what did they do to make y'all niggas that mad? I don't like, know. I, I don't know why they hate the Mandalorian so much, but um, they definitely put up quite a bit of a fight. Um, as soon as Axe Wolves, ex- like, he, when once he entered the control room, I was like, oh well, I guess it's your turn to, you know, be a hero. Thankfully, he ends up surviving this. Um, it is wild I to me. I swear. If, yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> if you died, yo. <laughs> like, we, like, bro, we didn't even like you when we first met you. But don't die. <laughs> you know, have some self-preservation. I, th- I think it's interesting as well that their jetpacks can give them that much mobility and space. You know, all they're wearing, like, think about that. Did you that. see the way they moved? Yeah, think about the fact that they're wearing 
jetpacks and just like a helmet, like a slightly pressurized helmet, right? And they can fly directly into the atmosphere with that. That's interesting to me. Like, how are they not exploding? <laughs> I don't know if that's a suspicion of, of disbelief thing or something we're just supposed to accept that, you know, the, the characters in Star Wars are A, used to, because I mean, obviously they're not from Earth. May, even though they are humans, maybe they don't, they, their anatomy is slightly different from ours. But at the same time, maybe they have the technology that would allow them to, to actually do that and not die. And it's interesting seeing technology like that and then contrasting it with like the hopeless mouse droids that were trying to stop R5. Um, that's just like very Star Wars, seeing like really advanced things, like advanced ideas kind of executed right next to things that feel very rudimentary. You are right, because I mean, because even with the jetpacks, I'm like, I kept thinking to myself, you know what? I was thinking of Dune, and I was like, you know what? Always thinking of Dune, the this show, Star Wars is based on this, so it's not my fault. Yeah, it's not your fault. I know. It's not my fault. It's okay. Continue. I kept thinking the Fremen, the Fremen, the, the Fremen could have used that. Probably, yeah. I, I kept thinking, the film we could have used that. But when I was watching, yeah, you're right. Because I, when I don't know if we've ever seen them use it in this way, or if it's just because I was noticing it for the first time. Mm-hmm. But the way they were using the jetpacks in this episode, I'm like, I had never, I hadn't thought that you could really zoom into the atmosphere like that. Yeah, in that manner, um, in that yeah, way. Was, I, really I don't know if they've done it before. So I don't know if they've done it before, and I've just never really paid that much attention to it. You I don't even know if we've seen this much jetpack activity in any episode to begin with. That's but, what I was yeah. thinking. Because you remember they all went together like as a group and they just yeah. zoomed in. And I'm like, oh, that's so interesting how you guys can just do that. Considering how heavy their armory is. Because you'd think that, that that suit weighs a ton and you guys are able to go into the air yeah. like you're wearing a feather. But no, you're right. I found that quite interesting because I've never seen them maneuver like that. But that's that could be a good fighting tactic. And it worked for them in the end, actually, because the people they were fighting against had no idea when they were coming or going because they were able to agree to tactically exactly. do it. Yeah, that made sense. Um, though, moving into like another part of the episode that was that closed in on, I guess, the climax of it, the the big fight towards the end, those clones. I was initially hey, thinking yo. those were like them cooking up you know, the early versions of Snoke or something. But those were clones of Gideon. Gideon. That was interesting. Saw, what did you think of that? I saw his face. I was not expected to see him. What is, what is Jane Carlo? Is he black? He is, yes. Yeah. I was expecting to see a nigger in there. <laughs> I was expecting to see Why the you circus. Why if he was black just so you could do that? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you? Oh, my God. <laughs> I ain't trying to claim no long white person as a nigger. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> but I saw him in there and I was like, I was expecting to see Andy Circus. Or like um or um Who's who plays Palpatine again? His name's in my head. The man. The actor who plays Palpatine. Yeah. Oh, uh, is it John something? Oh my days, it's gonna really irritate me. I was expecting to see his face in there. Mainly Andy Circus. I'm like, where's Andy Circus? Why am I seeing think your you, face I, in I think here? we have watched Andor too many times. I have way too many times. Actually, that's actually a good point. But I just kept expected to see someone else. Then when I saw Gideon, I thought, oh, yeah, the guy, who plays, the guy who plays Palpatine. Um, he's very old now, but he's Scottish. His name is Ian McDermott. Um, that's it, Ian McDermott. Yeah, and yeah, Carlo. I, I was is i don't know he's he's not like he's american 
and he's black, yes, but um, his family does come from um, a South American country. Oh, Afro-Latino makes sense. But literally, like, I've honestly, I was just, I was not expecting to see his face. And he was like, you ruined my plans. I was going to have so many clones. And I was like, wait, so this was all, he he sounded. Italian. Ah, Giancarlo, that makes sense. So, because I think he sounded more like Palpatine. He sounded like Vader the first bit. Then he sounded very much like Palpatine in, in the last bit. I'm like, you're kind of scaring me, man. Like, you were scary before, but you're scaring me now because you've made clones of yourself. Like, can you imagine being so nuts? Elon Musk, only Musk is probably watching this episode thinking, damn, like, this is something I (laughs) cut in my lab. Oh, my God. I don't care. You can't can't shoot me. Um, But Mm. you you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably not. Yeah, but um, he scared me more in this episode than he's ever had done before. Do you know how narcissistic you've got to be to make clones of yourself to fight? Yeah, but it's also what he was planning, you know, the fact that he was trying to... And what he was planning to do with his them. clones of himself. Yeah. And do you know how scary that is? I was saying, I was like, I was literally sitting there like, Dean, I don't know how we're going to get out of this, babe. And then, you know, when he started slashing the thing, I thought, oh, yeah, that's how we do it. I started looking at these clones, I'm thinking, I'm going to get out of this one. I think, I think, I think this is... Of, at that point, I thought he was going to die. I thought, I think our road's closed. Mm-hmm. I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And then when he started slashing them, and I thought, oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> when he started slashing the tanks and stuff, and it all like, were, like obviously were dying. But yeah, his plans really, really terrified me. It scared the living. Like, can you imagine if that actually came into fruition, what he wanted to do? But they showed it a very good job because the, the seeds were there mm-hmm. for ages, and none of us caught on to what he wanted to do. Then you only revealed it. I thought, ah, now everything makes sense. Now I know why you hid because obviously you were trying to plan this, make this plan. Yeah, I mean, he had to And then you were only going to come into. Right. He had a lot of time. He had plenty of time. And obviously he planned everything and he only came into the light once his plan was almost in complete fruition. Yeah. Cause so, yeah, it was. He, he terrified the end of season me. Season two was supposed to believe it was about two years ago, right? Yeah. So he's had at least two years to to work on all this, and then he definitely was working on it before before then. I think I think that that made a lot of sense, and we'll see where things um go now, especially with you know bigger bads coming down the line, which we'll we'll talk about in a second. Um, I wonder actually, wouldn't it be funny if someone like Darth Maul is still kicking around? That's like the hardest guy to kill in Star Wars. He's just always popping he back. He annoys up. me with his two <laughs> lightsabers like this, man. He used to die. Yeah. Um, but the cinematography um was on point, switching gears. I really like the way the show uses these punctuating zooms to highlight things approaching from the distance. I think it's very cool. It makes things feel very realistic because I mean that is kind of what your eyes do on a very, very small level when you're um when you're trying to focus on things that are coming at you from from far away. So I like that they do that. It makes you feel like you're actually in the scene. It is very immersive, just as immersive as the aerial battle that we saw. That was definitely something for the history books, like, you know, the Mandalorians and the Imperials wearing Beskar flying towards each other on jetpacks and fighting in the air. Like, that. that is wild. That's the kind of thing you can only see in a show like this. So I'm definitely glad that we got the chance to do that. I'm glad that they didn't waste that chance. Um, the same way, um, I know that there are certain things coming in, say, House of the Dragon, 
that will happen in the air. We've already gotten a taste of one aerial battle in the show involving dragons at the, at the end of season one. And, you know, I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how they do things there. And I hope it will be as good as what we saw in this episode of The Mandalorian. I mean, the episode is titled The Return, and that really gives credence to the the fact that the Mandalorians are fighting for something they feel is bigger than themselves, and that is their identity as a people, as a society, as a planet. As Bogotan says, you know, let's take our planet back. That's 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 good, you know. Um, but actually, you know what? Before I even forget, Gideon, when he walked up to them, he immediately started lamenting and outlining his clone plans monologuing and you know getting shot in the process hasn't he watched the incredibles you you don't just like you don't show up and start don't monologuing you tell your evil plan <laughs> why are you revealing the plan you he didn't like, even waste time doing so as well that was just weird what is that about it's like did you did you watch john wick 4 i haven't yet oh i can't really say the line <laughs> is it a spoiler yeah okay, <laughs> okay. never mind <laughs> But John Wick 4, John Wick 4, that happens, right? Okay. And I was literally looking at him like, are you insane? I was literally watching him. You will know exactly what I mean when you see it. Right, everyone who's watched John Wick 4 will know exactly what I'm talking about right at the end. And he was monologuing, he was talking rubbish and stuff. I was literally looking at him, I was like, are you all right? You never explain your, your evil plan to the protagonist. It doesn't make any sense. Always... You know Invader did it? Yeah. In, in um... In Empire Strikes Back, I'm like, you're asking, you're telling your son that you want to build an empire with him. Like you're telling him his e- your evil plan that he can then tell the resistance. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it, it's it's weird like, that they would do these, that. These people don't learn. They don't learn. They never learn. Because it's it like I don't understand. Like why don't these people learn from Thanos? <laughs> it's not even just Thanos. Just be about action. My favorite example actually of of like subverting this trope is Ozymandias, um, Adrian Veidt from, yes. from, from, from Watchmen, right? And he like, yeah, he like in the original Watchmen, like comic book and movie, like that original story before, the one that pre-dates, like just for anyone who doesn't know or might be a little bit confused, the Watchmen TV show on HBO, amazing by the way, please watch that when you get a chance. That is actually a kind of sequel to the original series it's like the, the, the same show same world but they continue from where the comic books left off about 30 years later and it's interesting to see where everybody yep. is um in the original story that happens in the comics and in the 2009 movie um adrian Veidt's ozymandias is kind of asked by the protagonists by the quote-unquote good guys and he himself is not necessarily a bad guy, which is another good thing about Watchmen. But basically, there are some people trying to stop what he's doing. And they ask him what's going on, what's going to happen. And he looks at them, he's like, are you insane? Why would I reveal my master stroke to you? Like, why on earth would I do that? And like joke, he doesn't tell them what's happening. And then they're powerless to stop him. He he wins, which is like the funniest thing ever. And I don't know why people, this is our fate, like, why more villains aren't like Adrian Veidt. This is a call for villains. If you're listening like, to this... Be it's like, like Ramsey Bolton. Ramsey Bolton was exactly the same. Like, he never revealed his true plans to anyone. So when he did win, you weren't expecting it. Yeah. That's what makes him, and I still hate him all my days. He needs a misfits, Ian Rowan. And it, it, I look at him and I still, and he was in, on that before Game of Friends and I still see Ramsey. But it's what made him such a culpable villain. Even Cersei, 
in season six in the last episode, Burning of the Sept. No one knew she was going to do that. She just got about business and did it. Yeah. I look at Gideon and I thought, so you decided to open your big mouth. Yeah. Forgetting where you are. <laughs> Gustavo Fring would never. Darth Maul would never. <laughs> he would never do this. Darth Maul was about action. He would have got those two sabers and would have been executing people. Right. Yeah. He just was about it. Grievous would have not let that, that happen. Snoke would have not let that happen. Like I, keep, I can keep listening to Star Wars villain. I was actually listening to him. I'm like, actually, your Jedi is literally, a, a Jedi is literally right there. And you're telling him your plan. Yeah, I don't know. Does that make any sense? It's like, if, for example, if Ahsoka's there and I'm telling you my evil plan, what, what is she going to do to me? It's, it, does, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. Um, still though, I, I think it was good and actually very cool to see that Gideon himself is a competent fighter. You know, a lot of the quote-unquote extreme violence in the episode Ooh. comes from him just, like, beating people up. And I don't know if it was the effect of the suit, but, but clearly he, he, he's good at hand-to-hand combat. He's, he's actually able to defend himself and be on the attacking end. We've mostly seen Moff Gideon, you know, run away and escape the entire time we've known him. So it's interesting to actually see this person, you know, take on the people that have been chasing him. He actually makes a stand. And I think the fight was interestingly choreographed. It was pretty good. But actually, speaking of that choreography, I think it's, inter- it's, 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 it's fun, actually, on a visual level, on a filmmaking level, how they always slightly change the frame rates when the Praetorian Guard walk in. Um, there's always some slight slow motion in there, and it, 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 it really sort of adds the action. I think it makes them feel very different, and it contributes to the presence that they have in any scene that they're in. Um, what do you think about them actually yeah. being used for this? Would you say that that was overkill? And it also makes me wonder, like, you know, they sent three Praetorian Guard. They obviously... They, they destroyed Pass Vizsla and now it's like here yeah, now there, there's three of them going after yeah. a child <laughs> then... I saw Goku yeah oh, do I put my hands on my head like this mm-hmm. I was like yo look my, I was like I kept thinking to myself how are we going to get out of this sweet child one how are we how? and then you only kept laughing <laughs> he was laughing and jumping I was laughing my head off because Goku would like use the force and he would like run away and he would just giggle <laughs> when you hear yourself yeah I'm looking at these guys, I'm like, you're letting this little kid cause havoc. Because that's when I realised that, oh, he's more OP than I thought he was. Because I'm happy that they showed Din having that conversation with him saying, like, you understand like, what we have to do you here. You have like, to be you've brave. Got to, yeah. You've got to be brave. And it makes sense, you know. It, like, if, if they don't fight and defeat Gideon here, this never ends. So now that Gideon is kind of gone, that's the what show can move on to like, his new phase. It, it makes sense. Yeah, because he was—he was literally telling him like, "You like you pack that thing too. Like you've got, yeah. you've got to go out and you've got to smash these people in." And it was watching him like chuckle. <laughs> He's jumping off, and then seeing the Praetorian guards like not know what to do. Because mm-hmm. as much as Paz Vizsla and everyone else, them, like you can fight combat to combat with people, but when you're fighting a Jedi or a foundling. or Jedi or a youngling in general, because as much as he's a Mandalorian, he's also a Jedi youngling word to Anakin um, <laughs> don't do this <laughs> sorry I have to say that I have to say that Mr. Skywalker where did we go oh god <sighs> so sorry. you just couldn't resist please continue um, but like when you when you're up against a Jedi like what can you do 
that's a, a it's like an unstoppable force meets an unmovable object you, you, you actually there's generally literally there's nothing the you can force. do because it's unpredictable <laughs> it's literally the force yeah you can't there's no way to combat this like you can't fight your way out of someone just picking up something and throwing it at you or taking away your weapons yeah there's no way to combat it so yeah i found apples overcuff i'm giving you nasty man like <laughs> the child's do you know when he closed the doors and Amanda was trying to get up? Wild. I almost started tearing up. He, do I he closed it? He's a sick man. Did you see where he closed his doors? And then he he shot him. Yeah. So he stayed on the floor. I thought, oh, damn. It's a cold world, man. Very cold. He thought his son was dead. Very cold. And honestly, the force was with them. I'm glad that Grogu was able to kind of stay the course, stand they his ground they. and all that. Eventually, it's interesting to me that it basically took three of them to defeat Moff Gideon. Three of them and a literal explosion were to Axe Wolves. Um, but yeah, it's cool to see them being protected from, from the force, um, by the force like that, from that explosion. Gideon seems finally gone. You know, he got roasted in his dark trooper armor. Um, yeah, with Gideon gone, I guess the show is able to really move on to what's coming next and it sort of sets the the stage um for for what's to come because you know obviously the 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 show see, and every show these days seems to love symmetry so we kind of end where we begin and that like gives us a chance to to figure out where the characters will be developing not just like for the story but as people um I think for example the season starting with Ragnar um the son of Paz Vizsla, I guess we should call him Ragnar Vizsla, taking the oath and ending with him taking it again on Mandalore is pretty apt. Um, more symmetry as um, as well with Marshall, Marshall IG-11. <laughs> that is very funny to me. Just from that head, they were able to review the drone. I think it's f- funny that the Anzellans can fix just about anything. And this is... Um, and 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 this is really adding to the development of Navarro. It's cool that Navarro also continues to play a part, being the kind of the the geographic center of the story's narrative. Uh, still, though, we have to congratulate our boy Din Grogu. I'm I'm pleased to present that to you. That is that that is very nice. Um, I have to say, my heart melted. Literally, because I had a feeling when when she was like, "Yeah, you know, he can't take the oath because he can't speak." I was, I was like, whoa, is this guy speak? about to talk? <laughs> I was like, whoa, is he Listen, about do you, to do you want to, he, he, turned, he turned his head like this. And I thought, are oh, you going to say this is the way? Bro, I'm going to say it. I was, I, I, I wasn't sure what to expect, but I was, I almost heard it. I was already hearing it like from the corner of my ear, but uh, yeah. So they're going to be New Republic contractors now, which is good. And, you know, I think it's, it, it's, it's crazy. You know, this was a very neat, happy ending. I don't know if we should be skeptical or just enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> Like, come here, enjoy it, please. Because TV land is not is giving us depression. Barry, Succession, uh, House of Dragon. Please, I, I, there's quite a lot going on. Yeah, let my <laughs> let my my din and my Grogu live a happy life. Like you know when they did the little circle thing, like like in the old Star Wars, and he's like trying to do use the Force on that little creature thing. I'm like, this is nice. Let's end it here. Let's not do any more. Mm-hmm. Like you've given me enough depression. Star Wars. Let this be it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry. Like when I heard Din Grogu, yeah, and he did his little face, he was so happy to have a dad. And then Din's obviously accepting his father role. Yeah. And everything. Like they made it official like, now, which is good. A, they made it official now, like he's a dad, he's a single father. <laughs> and I was so happy for him. 
he's a single dad. He's the dad that steps uh, up. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. The, I'm so happy e- for Even him. for the Mandalorians themselves, you know, lighting the Great Forge again. I think, I think that that's a really cool thing because now they can actually start to rebuild. And it makes you wonder, you know, well, first of all, Moff Gideon, did he really just like break the dark saber? Like, does anyone even know how to fix that? <laughs> like, that's a problem, right? Because I don't know if they picked it up when before they got into the little like force. How do you fix something like the dark saber? It's been around for millennia. Like, what's going to happen? Who who's alive that knows what to do with that? Do you reckon that could be Din and Grogu's adventure to fix this? Perhaps, perhaps maybe that's going to be a big part of of, of season four. Yeah, because Dean was asking about Imperials. I think obviously they're good, that's going to be a major part of the... I think basically, obviously we're probably going to get into it now, but I reckon whatever happens in Ahsoka is going to affect what happens in Mando. So I think that's... I think they'll probably tie it together. Yeah, especially with the little um, crossover thing that they seem to be working on. Yeah, with Zeb and um, they, they're bringing up a Thrawn and everyone and the clones and all the things we've seen this season. I reckon if when we do see Ezra, oh, I'm going to cry that day. I'm sure. Oh, I'm going to cry that day we see Ezra. Yeah. I'm going to cry like a baby. But when we do, I think what happens in Ahsoka would then tie into what happens with Mando. And I think they did, they did mention a Mando movie, didn't they? I think that's happening. It might. At some point in the future, we're getting him. It might. Yeah. So I reckon, to be honest, if I'm Disney, if I'm John Favreau and Dave Filoni, I don't think I would even do a season four of it. I think I'll tie all the shows together and do one massive movie. Okay. To be honest, like I think I don't think I don't think Mando needs another season at all. I think you could do a film. I don't know because I'm like, what else? Because I feel like there's still I mean ways. Um, there's to still the story there's still material in, in, without like dragging think- it out too much. Yeah, so I think they've probably got another two seasons in them, if you want me to be completely honest. I think they've got two in them left before it sort of like, you need to kind of stop while you get ahead. I sort of want them to do what Ted Lasso did really well, which is that, obviously we're only presuming this is the last season, but they've ended it while it's on a high. Yeah. So I reckon they've got two more seasons in them. I think we need to see Grogu fully fleshed out speaking at some point like i think we need to see that and to see not speaking speaker i'm not expecting him to I be have like thoughts on that actually oh bottle you are or great you are i'm not expecting to hear sound like yoda yeah um <laughs> i will say one with the dark side you are yoda said he had been training jedi for 800 years which would mean yeah. since he was around 900 that he'd been doing it since he was 100 now grogu is 50-ish, let's say 52, um, accounting for the two-year gap. I think he's very, very close to speech. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's like, it, there'll be a massive growth spurt of, 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 of sorts, right? These first 50 years have been like the infancy. And I think from here, like, because he clearly is very, very like cognizant of what's going on around him. He can interact. He understands language fully. He just can't really like speak. I think that's the only thing left. Um, He's just going to be able to like interact. Maybe he's going to be like in his teen years. Maybe they're going to start season four with him kind of being able to interact with people in a way that's like you know maybe teenage or he's he's having a bit of a phase or like like um whatever the case may be. Or maybe, teenage group in Guardians. Yeah, or or maybe it's something that happens 
towards the end of the season, or maybe even the middle, middle, the middle of the season, I think is something that we're probably um, on the precipice of. So we'll just have to see how it goes. But that's pretty much everything that happened in the episode. But there's one thing that's still on my mind, which is we still don't know, or at least don't quite know who the spy is. <laughs> spy from the previous episode. Because let, let, let's think about this, right? There's this whole thing of, you know, the Mandalorians all believing that the planet was poisoned, right? That's something that everybody accepted as fact. And it's a good assumption to make based on what happened to the police, right? But wouldn't it be interesting if the spy who like kind of lured them all here also was part of the people like spreading the word about this so that nobody would go to Mandalore and discover that the empire was building or the remnants of the empire were building an outpost there? You know, how interesting would that be? And there's so many suspects now. Um, there's, I forget her name all the time. My brother's always trying to remind me. The the armorer is out of my my suspects list. I am so sorry, sweetheart. I was wrong. I was wrong. You don't think it's her? I was wrong. Even was with her, even list. with the horns on her on her helmet, like Darth Maul. I I, I got it. Maybe I'm gaslighting myself again. Don't listen to me. I gaslight myself all the time. I always think it's someone. Then it's not that someone. The, the girl who has her hair and like a little like cross on her forehead. Um, the black girl. I, oh I, yes, I, I do remember her name. People online seem to think she might be a spy too, but I'm not entirely sure. My brother's always trying to remind, her, remind me of her name, Sarquist. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 the whole thing with that because I I I really thought that we that's the one thing I expected from this episode actually that we would see the spy revealed or talking to Gideon or something, but um, we didn't get that. So maybe there isn't a spy. Maybe the title "The Spies" refers to something else, or maybe that's just something that they're still laying down for later. I think it's possible that that spy is going to kind of have a role to play in coming seasons. Maybe they even have decided that. Moff Gideon isn't actually dead. Maybe that dark trooper armor is is stronger than we think. Maybe we just think he's dead because we didn't see a burned body. We just saw a body being engulfed in flames. And this is TV in 2023. That doesn't always mean somebody has died. If they, what's the rule? If you don't see them die on screen, they're not dead. Literally. And we did see him die. I guess we just didn't see him dead. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, you know, everyone, that is, that is a wrap. Um, we just want to give special thanks to everyone who's been listening to our reviews and joining us on this analysis journey up until this point. We're really at the end of what has been, I think, a great season. Star Wars fans are never particularly united on anything. So there are definitely people who aren't thrilled about the way the season has gone and the decisions that um, Filoni, Favreau, Famuyiwa and the team have made. Um, However, I think it will stand the test of time, um, especially since, you know, Star Wars fans usually become okay with things that they were violently against after about 10 years. So um, the stage has been properly set for season four, and I look forward to getting into it. Um, Priscilla, what do you think we can expect in season four, especially now that the show has gone out of its way to mention Grand Admiral Thrawn? I think You're expecting an Ezra that- cameo? Oh, don't, because if I see I think Because I think that's more likely to happen in Ahsoka, but go on. Like in Ahsoka, when that happens in Ahsoka, I'm gonna call you crying. I expect. I'm not joking. I expect it. She's not lying. Ezra, that's my that's my dog. Yes, we know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a dog fight out here, man. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a lot. Um, I think the Imperial talk was very interesting that Din was having at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. So 
I think we're going to see a lot of a lot more of the New Republic and LinkedIn and working with Bo-Katan and then the other Mandalorians about what they I think we'll probably see more of Din and Gregory again, which is why I love yes. my little double act. Um, and I, 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 want, I want to see them go against Imperials because I think it's time they went after big, big dogs. Like mm. they've got that dog in them. They're tough. They can cope. Yeah, and I think it will be really interesting to see Grogu's Jedi, um, the, the use of the Force really empowering now. Because I think uh-huh. in this episode, you really like when he saved all of them from the fire. Obviously, we thought it was Bo Katan. Then obviously, the wider shot zoomed out, and you saw it was Grogu, yeah. basically saving them. I yeah. think that would be very interesting to see what how Din sort of. It's sort of the position that everyone was in when you're with someone, when you're looking after someone who's 10 times more powerful than you are. Yeah. What do you then do in that scenario? And how does he control? That's going to be very interesting to navigate because Grogu, once he gets his fully realized powers and once he really fully learns how to use the force efficiently, is a scary animal, not in a bad way, but his his power is insane. So it's going to be very interesting how the dynamic handles it. Because right now, he obviously hero worships Din, as mm-hmm. he should, because that's his dad. But it's going to be really interesting to see how that dynamic changes with how, as he grows. I think they'll do a time jump, if you want me to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think you want the right lines. I think they'll time jump it. If they're smart, time jump it maybe five to ten years. Yeah, because everybody's in a very unique place right now. I don't know what we, what drama or like real, real tension they can build that won't feel too similar to what we just saw in the season. Um, if they continue right from where they left off again, so yeah, I think they're gonna have to do it maybe five or ten years post what happens to Ahsoka. Yeah, if they do that, then we're 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 in the with the sweet spot, I guess. So okay. I think that's how they should do it. If you want me to be completely honest. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Y'all heard it here first, people. Um, thanks again to all of our listeners and the community and you know to our producers as well for being the original listeners and putting all of this in place. Mm-hmm. So be sure to check out everything else that we're covering. Um, but till next time, see you around. See you guys.